Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soil that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, Lord. Convict and console our hearts. Speak for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Today's gospel is, is a continuation of last week's gospel, last Sunday, where we mentioned Christ is at the Last Supper and speaking these words to his apostles. And he begins this particular part of what he's, this Last Supper discourse by telling them, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. We talked about that, like what does it mean to be, to remain in the Lord and what is the fruit that he's, he wants to bear? And so just like little Cliff Notes version of last week's homily, right? The fruit that the Lord wants us to bear is twofold, but intimately connected. The first aspect is our own sanctification, Jesus has called us and created us to be saints and united in him, we become configured to Christ himself so that the first fruit of being in union with Jesus is that our minds and hearts, our wills, our desires become more in conformity with that of Christ so that there is less of us that is not like the Lord and more of us that is. And then this second fruit, which flows from the first, is a a movement towards evangelization of speaking and proclaiming the gospel by how we live, by using the words, the speaking of Christ, drawing other people in to communion with him and ultimately eternal salvation. So this, this fruit, right, maybe if you've thought about that over the week or you completely forgot about it, This fruit of our own sanctity is something that is important for us to know. Too often as Catholics, we feel like, oh, like we have a reverence for the saints. We have an acknowledgement for them. We ask for their intercession. But the absolute truth is that every soul, every human being ever created was created for the purpose of being a saint, of being sanctified. And it is God's desire It is God's desire that we live that. And so when we tell ourselves, gosh, that is not me. I can't be that. I'm not good enough. Well, like, true when we look at ourselves. When we look at ourselves, it is good and it is right for us to say, like, on my own power, becoming a saint is impossible. But when we say that it is ultimately impossible, then we are denying the power of God and the efficacy of his grace. I want to say that again. When we say, you say, I say that, like, I can't become a saint, it is impossible, that is for other people, then we are denying the power of God and the efficacy of his grace. Because that is what he desires, and and that is where he pours forth his heart to and for us in this way. 
And so if you remember the three things that we talked about, remaining in the Lord so that this fruit of sanctity and this fruit of evangelization can be born in our hearts and souls are threefold. One, believing in Jesus. Like believing in the power of the gospel. That yes, I have sinned, you have sinned, we have all sinned, and as St. Paul says, fallen short of the glory of God. We have. But it is Christ who has taken on our human nature and who has offered himself as a sacrificial offering to the Father for our own salvation. Not after we have earned it, but just out of the love of the heart of the Father for us. In Romans 5, 8, hopefully you just have it memorized by now because I've said it a million times. God proves his love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So for you to say or for me to say, again, that my sins are too big, the Lord can't love me that much, like it's a denial of the truth of the gospel. It's not about us earning, it's about free gift of the grace of Christ. So the first is believing that, that he has come to offer his life to and for me and that he, he desires that and just for me to respond. The second thing, remember, partaking of the mysteries, right? Partaking of the mysteries. What are the mysteries? It's not some uh, kind of, you know, story or whatever. The mysteries are the sacraments. It is living the life of baptism, of, of pouring, asking the Lord to pour forth the grace of confirmation in our hearts ever more deeply. We've already been confirmed. Receiving the Holy Eucharist with great faith and devotion. Mentioned last week that like, the conviction of my own heart that as Catholics, if we came to believe, if we came to really believe in the truth of who the Eucharist is, right? Not just what the Eucharist is, but who the Eucharist is. Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And we would come to receive him with great faith and great devotion. Not that we felt it all the time. Someone asked me last week after um, I had preached that about, you know, deeper faith and deeper devotion and receiving the Eucharist because it's just going to change us when we have that. It's just going to change us. Like, they asked me, like, Father, do you always, like, is it just amazing to have the Lord in your hands as you're celebrating Mass? And I'm like, you know, sometimes I'm aware of that. And sometimes there's, and when I say aware of that, there's like a, an emotional component to it. And at the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes there's the temptation, right? I've had in my priesthood this temptation of like, are you kidding yourself? Like, it, it just looks like bread. It just tastes like bread. Like, who are you fooling? You know, this, this temptation that is not from the Lord. It's from the enemy. From the very beginning, when Jesus spoke about the Eucharist, that was it. It's like, that is hard to believe. But all the, the fundamental teaching of the church from the very beginning, the Eucharistic miracles that we have spoken about in the past where you go today to Orvieto, a Lanciano, where a host has turned into actual flesh that is the cardiac tissue of a human heart that has the same blood type that was found on the Shroud of Turin. This reality of the power that this is Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist is true. 
So it's not about whether we're experiencing temptation to doubt. It's not about whether or not our emotions are, are completely there, but it is a belief in faith. And then what we've had, like I've had these deep experiences with the most holy Eucharist that when the temptation comes, it's like, no, I rest my faith on the reality of the teaching of the church and Lord, the grace that you have given me. And so as we become to believe and to participate in the mysteries, especially in the Eucharist, then it, it configures us to Jesus by remaining in him. And then the third is keeping his commandments. And Jesus says today, like he's continued from last week, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. And then we talked a little bit about the fact that like, gosh, like, Lord, if we just go over, like, my current report card for the last 40 years of my life, it's going to say that I don't love you as much maybe as I should, right? If you love me, keep my commandments. And so we can, can look at the commandments that the Lord, that the Lord lays down at our feet, and we can say very clearly, Lord, I, Lord, I cannot do that. Cannot do that. Some of them, yes. Some of them, no. And even the ones, yes, some days, gosh, I fall right on my face. But the Lord, as he offers these commandments, we said, he gives us in the sacraments the grace of his divine life. The grace of his divine life. With the catechism we mentioned last week, that Jesus actually comes to live in us. He comes to live in us and to love in us. So that as, yes, we stumble and fall on number three and keeping the commandments, then we go back to number one, to believing in the power of the gospel, and then to number two, to receiving the grace of his mercy and the sacrament of confession, that sacrament. Yes, Lord, I'm stumbling to keep your commandments. Then I go back to belief in you. And then I go back to the sacrament of reconciliation. And then it's just deeper configuration. And this sanctification that is happening within us. Moving us. Transforming us. Healing us. And allowing us to become a greater light and greater salt of the earth. And then Jesus says today, as he continues... No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. So when he's speaking about these commandments, remain in me as I remain in you, we will bear much fruit, this fruit of sanctity, this fruit of evangelization, by believing in him, by living the sacramental life, by keeping his commandments. And he says that as you're drawn more deeply into my heart, the way to love most profoundly is to give your life away for someone else. To lay down your life for others. It is very easy for us, because of our fallen human nature at times, to be focused on self. And we do have a culture that not completely, but has a strong current of consumerism, right? It's about me. It's about me. It's about me. What it makes me comfortable, what makes me happy. And it's not that we should like seek to live in complete discomfort our entire life, right? It's not that. But am I living? Is the Lord calling me, like moving in my heart to live a sacrificial life? 
a life that is offered to and for others. And as he says this, he says, I tell you this, that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. Because he knows that we are made for this love, that we're made for it. And that actually, if we lived completely this life that was just about me, about me, about me, and like always making me as comfortable as I can, that actually doesn't produce real happiness. I've never met a fundamentally selfish person who was happy. Never. And even when we, right, who maybe aren't fundamentally selfish, but like are experiencing selfishness and acting selfishly, it doesn't lead to real happiness. Maybe moments of pleasure and maybe intense pleasure, but not deep abiding joy. Deep abiding joy comes from participating in the very divine life of Jesus Christ, which means offering our lives in communion with him for others. And today as we celebrate Mother's Day, it is to our mothers that we can look for this reality lived out tangibly. Living a life that is authentically giving of themselves for the other. That mothers genuinely give their own bodies in a way in which no one else does to another person. Like their very bodies. Not only through the time of conception and all the way through until the birth of the child, but in a tangible way, feeding the child. And then even still, like I, I'm, I'm gonna go home later this afternoon and see my own mom, and guaranteed, it is Mother's Day, but in, in multiple ways, she is going to want to and actually serve me because she can't not do it. It's just part of who she is. And, and it is just a witness to me of the love of Jesus Christ sacrificing for another. And so today, as we are meditating and experiencing these words of Christ, we remember our mothers, we are grateful for them, we pray for them. I would ask you as well too, to particularly remember uh, those mothers who have lost children uh, at any stage of the journey through miscarriage or the children who were younger children or even older children, to be praying for those women who desire to have children and have not been able to do so, the great, the great pain that that is as we are grateful for to and celebrate the, the, our own mothers and the mothers in our, in our world. But again, all coming back to this lived reality of Christ. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. What is that fruit? The fruit of sanctity, the fruit of evangelization. By doing what? Believing in him. Believing in the power and the mercy of the gospel. Two, by living the sacramental life, especially the most holy Eucharist and the sacrament of reconciliation, and by keeping his commandments. And as we do these things, then Christ 
comes to dwell in us more deeply, then we experience this movement to sacrificial love to and for the other, which allows for deep joy to enter into our life. I mean, again, you see mothers living their lives of great sacrifice, but also deep joy because they know the joy of giving themselves away to and for their children. It's a tangible, real-world example of that. And Christ invites us to that in every aspect of our life. So today, as we receive the most holy Eucharist, which is Christ, let us come with great faith. Let us pray for living the sacramental life more deeply and then leave here keeping his commandments and primarily loving one another as he has loved us. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.